Hello and welcome to this Drum Network podcast. I'm Nikki McMorrow, the head of the Drum Network, and we're here today to talk about retail media. What is it? What will be happening next? And how can marketers get involved with it? And I'm joined by four very senior, very expert experts uh, from Drum Network agencies who I'm going to ask to introduce themselves in a moment, and then they're going to help us to understand what is this retail media and how can we benefit from it. So, uh, Lewis, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Luis Martinez. I'm the vice president of retail media here at Jellyfish. Uh, Jellyfish is a global agency with over 2,000 employees and 38 offices uh, across the globe. And we uh, are in the digital marketing business, basically, offering media, consultancy, technology, and training. Um, some of our major clients include on retail media, actually, include uh, the likes of Bissell, uh, SVD, Coty, to, to name a few. Uh, our goal is to be the best uh, company in the world to, and connect, basically, media with technology. Um, we recently got acquired by the Brand Tech Group, effectively doubling our size and opportunities. So very excited about that world. And specifically to retail media, um, my, my scope is global, managing the teams that drive strategy and media activation, as well as I lead the relationship with marketplaces like Amazon, Creature Neighborhood, marketplaces across the globe. Prior to that, uh, I had a chance to work with some of the uh, panelists here in my days at Amazon. Uh, leading um, agencies, basically. So I've been on both sides of the of the spectrum at this point. Excellent. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Gemma, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Uh, so first of all, Nikki, thank you so much for having me um, on on this panel today. Um, my name's Gemma Spence. I am um, the Global Vice President of Commerce Transformation within VML YNR Commerce. Um, our agency is WPP's end-to-end creative commerce uh, agency. We are a network of around 20,000 uh, very talented individuals within VML YNR. There is around about 4,500 um, e-commerce experts and practitioners um, throughout, throughout the globe. And we have the great pleasure of working with many different clients. So whether that's Coca-Cola or uh, Colgate or General Mills or Ford. So we are, you know, together with our wonderful partners um, uh, and clients alike, we, um, you know, have, have been able to craft and hone um, some class leading um, retail media techniques and strategies um, for, for brilliant brands. So I, um, you know, I've had uh, the kind of great fortune of working within the agency landscape now for coming up ten years. Uh, prior to that, I was um, on the uh, on the client side, so working in all of the facets and you know the kind of functions of bringing digital commerce to life um, across direct and indirect channels. So. I, uh, you know, I've had a, the, the privilege of seeing how, you know, retail media has evolved over the, uh, the, the, the last couple of years into the force that it is today. Wow, that's some huge brands. I can't wait to hear a little bit more about um, how that's been working. Tristan, would you like to go next? Hi, yes, I'm, I'm Tristan Pride. I'm the Global Executive Creative Director at Indicia Worldwide. Um, we are a, a global agency. We have over 700 employees and we're in uh, 40 different, um, 40 different uh, regions. 
Um, and we work with over 500 brands and I'm, I'm almost convinced that every person on this panel, we're probably working for some of the same, same brands, if not all of the same brands from Coca-Cola to Unilever to, uh, Stanley Black and Decker, DeWalt, for example. Um, we, we, um, in a, in a similar kind of vein. So we, we talk about shortening the distance between brand love and brand buy. Uh, and we do that through our end to end, uh, offering, uh, very much from the the performance side uh, into into the media, uh, and then obviously into the the retail experiences. But importantly, producing, creating, producing, and then actually the end of life of those retail experiences, so that we can we can effectively be a one stop shop for for our our clients through the whole of that. Um, I think what that really allows us to do is is to kind of concentrate on the consumer and the consumer experience because we 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 can make sure that the right effort and consideration is put in at the right points to make the experience what it should be, um, and that is from a client point of view in terms of being able to drive um, drive uh, connection brand awareness sales, um, but then also um, from the consumer's point of view, which being a creative, I will constantly come back to the why. You know why? Why is someone going to interact with? Us? Why is someone going to uh, join in and give us their their information? Why are they going to buy that that particular um, um, item? Uh, and being being the the, the head of uh, creative globally, that that's what I come back in all of these situations because I think it's very easy to to kind of go into the data and you know go into the tech which we 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 have and we do, but. Let's just remember there's a human human at the end of this, and let's shape it around making the best experience they they have. Absolutely. So um, yeah, there's a creative element to it as well. So great to have your angle on this podcast. It's it's sounding really complicated. Um, you know, right from the get go, I'm thinking if I need to do some retail media, I'm going to definitely need an expert. <laughs> Can you help our audience um, to sort of frame in context, like what is retail media? Like what does it include? Where does it start and end? You know, what is this retail media specialism? Gemma? Sure. So I, I can kick it off. Well, I think that, you know, ultimately retail media is um, kind of advertising near and within the retail walled gardens. And it's, you know, it's ultimately about leveraging the first party data as a kind of targeting means or targeting signal. So what that really means, and again, just to kind of um, uh, boil it down is it's you know a combination of search and display tactics that can be deployed to target, attract, and ultimately convert customers, shoppers um, within within that retailer. So there's lots of you know there's lots of techniques, there's lots of tools in order to do it. It is truly end to end because it takes everything from stock and portfolio and pricing. And, you know, SEO and, you know, amazing creative, but, you know, ultimately it's about that kind of um, knowing the, the, the why behind the buy and being able to then kind of target, attract and then transact those, those individuals. Excellent. And Lewis? So fear not, it's not that complicated. It's not... Uh... You don't need a crystal ball or some or oracle to help on this. Although we would like to 
tell our clients that, <laughs> you know, we are the experts. I think a lot of that is a lot of common sense. And what I mean by that is that the way I, I, I often describe it is the evolution of, you know, the fishmonger in medieval times to the high street uh, shop, right, that you had, you know, at the beginning of the of, of the century, last century, and then to the, you know, in the 90s, at least in the U.S., for instance, uh, you know, the telemarketing that you will see on TV to a digital world and, a, a, you know, a digital online world that basically got uh, catapulted through uh, the unfortunate times of COVID, right? Like that really helped accelerate this. Um, basically, everything that Gemma just described, uh, that's where I believe all of that falls into. But, you know, if we think about it from a Venn diagram perspective, right, uh, one way to think about it is, and I saw this uh, very cool graphic from IAB basically showing, you know, very simple, you have retail and you have media and you have an intersection when you have your marketplaces or your traditional retailers and either technologies, companies that enable those retailers to run campaigns online or in their marketplaces or the likes of Amazon and, and such, right? So as Gemma described, it, through this intersection, there's a lot of opportunities for retailers to have very healthy margins, to reach new audiences, to drive new clients. And all of that is combined with the power of advertising. That being, you know, search as we know it or display, but we have to add a layer of common sense and trust and human signals going back to why it's so important to have, you know, the right content, the right images, the right creative with the right tactics and the right retail setups as in terms of like inventory availability, things like that to maximize the opportunity. So this is where perhaps a little bit more complex, but at the end of the day is 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 common sense, right? And it's always about like if you're an advertiser, if you are a consumer, you don't want to be disappointed that something is not there, right? Like you need to have inventory. If you are a consumer, you want to trust what you see. You need to have the right content, the right message that comes across. So that's where it's a really cool area because yeah, there's a lot of systematic uh, performance-driven elements, but there will always be a, a connection with the ultimate consumer, right? Who is the person buying this? Okay, I got it. Um, so that's all very digital. I mean, does it include analog um, in-store, you know, gondolas and displays yes. and all of that as well? Okay. Tristan? Very, very much so. I would I would say in, in, in that space, if Really, when when you're in the store, it's 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 such a rich area from a creative point of view, but also just just to engage with the consumer in that space. Because if you think about it, you've kind of you've got the product, you've got the brand, you've got the consumer, you've got an environment which you can interact, you can engage with, you can um, um, create uh, in, and it's it's a it's a very unique space because you don't have the opportunity to have all of those in one one area. Um, and, you know, creatively, we, we always talk about, you know, just go back and think about the, the different senses. You know, when, when you look at all of the different media and when you look at all of the different channels, it limits senses in all of these different channels because of the way that that channel works. You know, naturally, when you're suddenly in store, you have all of the senses which you can you can play with from a creative point of view. And, and that's really powerful because it using the senses can trigger, you know, emotional reactions. And we know that when you trigger emotional reaction, it uses different sides of your brain, in which case then um, the propensity to purchase goes through the roof, goes up. So it, it's, 
it's a really exciting space to be, but the analog element, I would say, again, from a creative point of view, I know my team get probably the most excited when they're working in that space and then connecting up this kind of omni-channel seamless exactly. end-to-end because, because you can use all of that stuff. And then it's just like, so how do we drive people? How do we attract people? How can we personalize it? How can we do, do those sort of sides? But ultimately, and I think this goes back to your, your first, first question as well, is it's, it's a balance. And it's, it's all about balancing it. And it can be really scary if you let it be scary because you could have endless, endless channels and data and opportunities and what you do with it. Whereas actually, if you look at it and you, from a consumer's point of view, as I put it, how, how are you going to talk to them and why at each of the different stages and what, tr- what levers are you pulling and what balance you want to kind of create um, with all of this? It, it kind of takes away that scary factor, uh, I, I personally think. So when you, you get, um, you know, the smell of bread being pumped into the entrance area, that's retail media as well? That's retail creative? I, I, I personally think it is. I, I think it is. There, there, was, um, there was an experiment in, in the United States, which was done where they played um, in the wine section, they were playing um, German music and the amount of German wine that was sold was increased. And then they then the next day they played French music and really? it had increased. That's really interesting. And then they asked people who were leaving you know, what music was playing. And on each day, there was only one or two people who had noticed the music, but it had triggered within the brain. It just swayed you to out towards towards that type of purchase. So it's so, so powerful. So that powerful. is such an interesting case study. What's happening next? Where is retail media going? Lewis? So, um, you know, I guess this is somewhat connected, but there's different things here happening, I think, with retail media. One is the first thing that we talk about regarding online to and offline. I think that is that is the trend and that is, you know, like most people I would assume would like to touch and feel a high item product like a, you know, a computer or a large TV screen or at least traditionally, right? And maybe they go online. Um, I think we talk about, you know, the signals and the data uh, worth mentioning that, you know, the digital world does level the field like you know, you pay a lot of money to be you know, on that top of shelf on the physical store, even today. Um, so there's a lot of components around omni-channel that are important. Us as humans, we interact, you know, with different screens, different online, offline uh, touch points across the day. So going to your question, I think measurement is, is key, right? Transparency and measurement to understand how you tie those things. The evolution, um, and I think, Gemma can echo this is has been from this sort of lower funnel transactional component to what you know Fami was mentioning around those signals and going on what we call in in this field like non-endemic clients right like financial services or automotive that you won't necessarily go buy a car on Amazon today I mean maybe in the future but today you probably don't but there are definitely uh, people buying spare parts or 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 things that send strong signals that you know someone is interested in a new car, for instance, or a financial services for that matter. So you know this conversion basically of data uh, is becoming more and more relevant, and it's definitely taking um, budgets and importance over other traditional channels, that being social, pay search, you know, traditional display, so to speak. So. 
what we will see and you know it's more of more of that mid to upper funnel uh, sort of retail media penetration of the data and the use of that to secure where advertisers or retailers want to go. Um, the reality is that if we go back to specific retailers, especially in the grocery world, like margins are tight, you know, the retail negotiations are hard. Advertising has become the thing for them to, you know, with healthier margins, with a new way of, of income stream and to get to new clients. So a new new customer. So I think this is where, you know, a combination of measurement, a combination of, you know, where in the funnel the money will be invested through the signals and ways to drive more revenue because of the traditional retail constraints will accelerate more and more in the upcoming years. Do you have any examples of a campaign where a really good omni-channel campaign that people might recognize? Yeah, I have. A, well, I cannot disclose the name of the client, but definitely, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, investment on CTV and through cloud analysis that we do, we're able to tie those into actual transactions. So the whole idea of, you know, uh, okay, having display campaigns is great, but what do they drive? That was a struggle, you know, back when I worked at Amazon, like trying to talk about that with agencies was hard because, you know, a sale is a sale, right? And, you know, that 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 is clean. But if you talk about impressions and exposure, all of that is good. But what does that really drive, right? And when you're able to quantify it and more importantly, have the right strategy as to where, when, and how to be and which signal, signal to send, that is super powerful, right? And we're on early days. So we have a lot of clients that are really leaning into that measurement piece. And this is just the beginning, right? Like we, you know, a few marketplaces have this, this ability today, but being able to do that, we have seen that has, has secured us more budgets, basically has unlocked more sales and the clients in general are more confident in, on, on this approach and what we're driving. Yeah, I think for, for Indicia Worldwide, we, we see the in-store environment and the the tracking, the data collection, but the, the the performance of that, and to be able to properly understand the performance of that space is kind of the next big kind of um, opportunity uh, as such. Because if you if you think about it, if you if you look into the digital space, digital came along fifteen plus years ago or so. And very quickly, you know, it, it had to prove that it was worth investing in and how you invest in it. And you you had data very, very quickly and easily. You could see who interacted, who, who looked at it, how long for, et cetera, et cetera. When you go into the in-store environment, for example, and I think that's the thing, this, this whole kind of omni-channel, you go from extremely kind of rich insights of data and what people are doing and how and how you can influence them into a space which then suddenly is a lot harder to track and isn't as as um, uh, reliable um, for you to be able to then uh, optimize off. Um, you know, we we've got a piece of uh, technology which uh, proprietary technology called RetailX, which which helps us to do that in that space, and that allows us to bring that performance side into the retail uh, offering. Um, but um, on top of that, we've also, and I know this is a really small, a silly kind of thing to to kind of talk about but the thing that we've got to remember as well is like we can put a huge amount of effort into into our digital into our in all of that side 
when it then comes to that, what I would say is one of the most important kind of uh, consumer interactive points, which is the in-store environment. Um, it's um, and I, I was just trying to find a stat. Apology, as I can't quite get it, but it's something ridiculous. Like sixty percent of all POS doesn't actually make it to store. So it's kind of you put all this effort in, you do all of this kind of fine tuning, and then it doesn't actually make it to store because of certain issues and stuff. And we've created this track and trace technology, which allows us to then do that and to, to drive the performance and make sure that it's then. Um, recycled at the end so you can so you can get this data out but you know there's little things within the industry that needs to be fixed to allow that store environment to suddenly be trackable and and to to collect the data and to be able to be optimized the same as the other channels but but ultimately really i suppose it the way you need to think about it and look at it it is it is on the channel it it is all of these working together in unison to be able to help to um take the consumer on the journey to explain why this product service etc is is right for them using all the available data and then all of the emotional triggers if that's that's correct to do and levers and then to 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 kind of you know to do that it's really if you've got a good product you've got good benefits it just becomes a lot easier because you're just you're just dialing up what that product is doing uh etc but it, it's a it's a hugely rich rich space and the the roi of it is uh, it's it's that that is i would say it's, it's the holy grail having the roi across the, the whole thing and that that's very much what we're we're about that's brilliant stuff tristan did you have something to add lewis i think there's a lot of uh, tristan you're touching on very good points i think the challenges that we have in general is measurement and attribution right um Technologies to measure, you know, offline traffic, food traffic, understanding how that influences a marketplace, they're still very nascent, right? This is an area I think that if someone can come up with the, you know, one size fits all, they will be you know, kings or queens. I think that this is the biggest challenge. Like omnichannel is there, we we know how we interact, but attributing that sale, you know, as as we know, like marketplaces will be very biased and they will say it was us and then someone else will say it was us. You know, it's just hard, right? Like that consumer trust, that measurement. So it will be very interesting to see, you know, how that evolves because I do think that things will become more fluid and, you know, the online, offline world, I mean, is there today and we probably haven't really valued it the way we should or that we can. I think that's 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 a big challenge. Yes, indeed. Gemma, what does this all mean for marketers? How could marketers benefit from a retail strategy? What are the do's and don'ts? Um, so it's a really good question. And I think that the reality is that there's not a cookie cutter answer because every every company on the planet has a different organizational structure, right? They have different retail channels that are important to them. Um, and they all operate in very varying um, market kind of market structures and market maturity. So um, there's not one single answer. I think that the 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 way that we have tackled this within VMLYNR uh, Commerce is that we have um, worked together with many of our our clients to build out a blueprint for 
for success. So this starts with actually um, what is their goals and ambitions? So that might be around penetration or share, or it might be around omnichannel sales growth or whatever it might be. So we would start with that. And then we we map out, you know, what they need to do around kind of their people and talent, their organizational structure, um, their processes. So how they're going to wire to make this happen um, across sales and marketing um, and then and then technology. So what kind of technology is going to need to be in place that some of it might be owned and operated, others might be through partners that that allows them to do it. And I think that all of this needs to be done uh, with a uh, with the foresight and the consideration of actually where the market is moving on. So some of the other panelists today have talked about, you know, some of the, you know, the the kind of measurement or the attribution requirements. I think that the, you know, what we typically do within VMLY and our commerce, and I think what makes us quite distinct in this area, is that we, we we have a number of proprietary tools that look at retail intimacy and looks look at actually um what are the facets and and requirements within the retail environment that help kind of move browsers into being buyers, uh, whether that is in store or or online. So I think that. Again, we need to take that kind of omni-channel mindset um, when we are when we're building out retail media today, but also something that is future proofed for tomorrow. And again, one of the ways that we are doing this is by taking a an a, the, the term I always use is, you know, the black the battle battleground is really moving into the clouds. So being able to um pull together a, a plethora of data, whether that's around retail data or whether that's around consumer insights or behaviours or whether that's third-party data sets um, that are out with the, the retail environment so that you can get a much more um, uh, focused view on what uh, is um, the, the drivers, the kind of why behind the buy and therefore be much more... Um, focused because you, you know as a brand you know you can't do everything you've got to you've got to be laser focused on um the types of uh, activities that you are you are you are uh, deploying um that will um disrupt and convert the customers you're you're focused on excellent thanks Gemma well we've got so much to talk about and we're running out of time um Let's wrap up this conversation um, with one final parting thought, um, a parting piece of, piece of advice for the CMO who's listening to this. Lewis. Thank you, Nikki, and thank you, everyone, for today's time. Definitely amazing conversations, very inspiring. Um, I would say, you know, as we, the trend or what is happening in terms of audiences here is that uh, when we talk to CMOs, it's more about what is X marketplace, uh, marketplace X retailer doing for my brand? And that's, to me, the question that we at Jellyfish uh, work to answer through a combination of proprietary uh, technology, retail insights, data, first-party data, third-party data, uh, and, and strategy. So I would say as we move in retail media and it becomes you know, less than a lower funnel uh, story and more of an omni-channel story, having the right technology, the right way to measure, the right insights, and never forgetting about the retail component 
in component in retail media is key, right? Because you can't have successful a successful approach on retail media if your retail fundamentals are wrong. And this is where we can help you um, at any level across the funnel to make sure that everything's humming to get the best performance of your investment. Thank you, Lewis. Gemma? Um, I'd just love to echo Lewis' um, points. Uh, Thank you so much for the opportunity today. And it's been a really inspiring and robust conversation. And, uh, you know, to your point, Nikki, I think we could talk about this all day. I think, you know, the the reality is for any CMO is that, you know, they they do need to they need to continue to focus on an omnichannel mindset um, when thinking about structuring and um, scaling out retail media. Um, the, there needs to be a true focus on what is happening in the industry uh, today, but also um, tomorrow. So thinking about, you know, how how you can leverage addressability, you can capture attention and you can um, gain valuable uh, consumer insights that you can use across all of your marketing endeavors. So, you know, to that end, you know, it's about getting a rock solid process in place and wiring. Make sure that you've got the bedrock of your tech stack and, you know, focus on upskilling and evangelizing uh, retail media as a kind of core capability um, across all all people within the organization. Thank you. And Tristan, what's your take? Thank you. And, and again, thank you very much for having me. And it's been a it's been a great discussion. I think we could probably have spoken for about three hours and uh and still have things to say at the end. It's a very, very interesting uh, topic. Um, so yeah, just to wrap up for me, I would say, look, it's you look at what other channels have done or other developments in in um, in the way that we talk to customers, in the way that we collect data and build insight, and then pull that over into what is now uh, happening and emerging and and, and is uh, fastly developing in this omni-channel shopper um, shopper space. And, you know, being a creative, I will always come back to, we want data, we want to drive our decisions based on data and insight. That's what we do at Indicia Worldwide. Um, but you have to put the consumer at the heart of this. Yes, you need the right tech stack. Yes, you need the right um, seamless flow and the right processes. But just remember that you're speaking to a human being at the end, a human being which, you know, to, to Popeye's, um, Popeye's stat, uh, 80, 82% of people go into the store environment and they haven't fully made up their mind what product they're going to buy. It's suddenly brings it into focus that there is such a huge opportunity here. And the way that you can talk to these people and elicit emotions so that we move them from brand love to, to brand buy uh, in that store is at the end of the day, it, it, it's the creative part of it. So just, just remember that we're, we're talking to humans and that actually that, that final piece, that piece that can just push them to the next bit is how creatively we bring all of that together and pull the right levers, get the right balance to be able to get that individual, that audience to purchase and to purchase again and again. So just remember the creative side of this as well as would be my main takeout. Excellently wrapped up, Tristan. 
This has been a Drum Network podcast. I'm Nikki McMorrow, the head of the Drum Network. I've been joined by experts from Jellyfish, VML YNR, and Indicia Worldwide. We've gone online, offline, to omnichannel. We've included performance and creative, all of the five senses, the human-centered approach, and harnessing tech. But I think what stands out for me is getting people from loving the brand to buying the brand is what retail media is all about. Thank you to our amazing panelists for today's discussion. If you want to hear more about it, get in touch with them and make sure to follow the Drum Network on LinkedIn for more marketing discussions. Bye.